Well, let's take our Bibles back to the book of Jude. We're swapping things up just a bit here and moving to Sunday night with the book of Jude. And the message tonight really does go hand in glove with this morning's message. It's just the opposite spectrum of it. And um, as you preach verse by verse through the Word of God, you just cover everything that the Lord wants us to cover. It's His Word. It's what He's commanded His preachers to preach. And um, so we have arrived at verse number 16. And I won't get past the first four words. Where the Bible says these are murmurers, complainers. The description of our generation, of the apostate generation that we live in, is a generation of murmurers and complainers. According to thus saith the Lord. The end times are marked specifically by murmuring and complaining. And for all the talk of our apostate generation, which is such a disaster that's left God, we sure do have some similarities in our own lives with them. We, God's people, we should be opposite of all of these descriptions. People that are close to the Lord should be everything that this book is describing. We should not be that. We should be the opposite of that. And yet, saved, born-again, Bible-believing Baptists are guilty of sins of this age. And I think we need help with it. I didn't say you, I said we. I, I really believe this. I believe there's probably no one sitting in here tonight that isn't guilty of murmuring and complaining. And I'll tell you what happens when we're complainers and murmurs. This is what happens. God doesn't want to be around us. And we know that he lives within us. This is his church. He promised to be among us as his people. But when God demonstrates his presence and put his hand, puts his hand on the service and, and shows up, if you please, and walks around and we can sense his presence in a very real way, doesn't mean he's not here, but his presence if you don't know what I'm talking about, I wish you'd find out. But I think one of the differences is this. Why should the Lord walk so sweetly among us when we've been complaining about everything? And I think it grieves him, and I think he um, I think it, it makes a difference in our services. And if we have this type of attitude, we're not going to have good sweet services. And we're not going to have good sweet lives. And so I think we need to look seriously at this in our own hearts and examine our hearts and ask God to help us and forgive us. 
of the murmuring and complaining we do because that should not be a characteristic of God's people. It should be a characteristic of an apostate generation. Maybe we can recognize our own falling away by our level of complaining. Maybe that is a key to my own heart that I'm getting away from God. Because as we heard this morning, the goodness of God is without question. God is a good God. He's been good to us. So when I complain or murmur, my testimony is against the goodness of God in my life. You see that? People that believe that God is very good to them aren't people that complain. There are people that are grateful. So I think the two messages really go together. I think we ought to really concentrate on the goodness of God and then not deceive ourselves into thinking that that we acknowledge that when we are complainers at heart. And we can all find something to complain about. And I'm probably going to need your help tonight because I don't, want to be, I don't want to be mean with this message. But it can turn that way real fast. So if you just, you know, smile at me, amen. We just sung about facing a frowning world. Just act like you're, you know, you're with me and say amen. This is a sin of our age. And it invades the hearts and lives of God's people. It has no place in the church. And if, if there is a place in our hearts with it, I'm telling you, the hand and blessing of God is not going to be very present. Um, you know how you feel with a complaining child. Verse number 16, the Bible says these are murmurers. What is murmuring? The old 1828 dictionary says murmuring is a complaint, so that's why it's synonymous or these two words are joined together. But it's a certain kind of complaint. The 1828 dictionary says, murmuring is a complaint that's half suppressed. In, in, in other words, you don't just stand on the housetop and start. It's just sort of suppressed. That's a murmur. A complaint that is half suppressed, listen, or uttered in a low Muttering voice. I'll tell you right now. In other words, it's not for everybody here, but boy, it is there. That's a murmur. Now, the Bible has a lot of things to say about murmuring, and we want to look a few of them. Grab Philippians chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 10. These are verses, probably at least the one in Philippians that you ought to Amen. Put on a plaque and put it up in big letters in your house. By the way, we had some bumper stickers given. Where are those? In the foyer. We talked about witnessing. If you'd like a bumper sticker, those are free for taking out in the foyer. If you want to put a good bumper sticker, amen, in your house, it would be Philippians 2.14. One of the greatest verses in the Bible that nobody lives by. Philippians 2.14, and this is the book of joy. Is that not right? Isn't Philippians such a wonderful book? Well, you're not going to have joy if you are a murmurer. (laughs) Look at it. Philippians 2.14, do... What's the next two words? What does that mean? (laughs) 
Is that hard to understand? You know what we do for ourselves? We give ourselves some exceptions for murmuring. Well, yeah, but this case, mm, there's just something about the Bible that just covers it all. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Keep reading, look at verse next verse. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. You, you know what that means? Evidently, we're not blameless and harmless before God as His children if we're murmuring and disputing. In other words, we can't be a good Christian with murmuring in our lives. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke. That means if you're a murmurer, that if we're murmurers, we, we deserve to be rebuked. Watch it. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Do you get the picture? We live in a world full of murmuring. We live in a world full of complaining. We live in a world full of belly acres. We live in a, a, a frowning world with Satan's rage in the world. And he says, what I want you to do in that world is don't be like them. Don't murmur. Don't complain. Because what you're trying to do is shine the light to them. You're supposed to be something different in this crooked and perverse nation. And if you're just complaining and murmuring like everybody else, what kind of witness are you? What a verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says in verse... Number 10. We do all right through part of this chapter. <laughs> okay, verse 6, I'm not to lust after evil things. Verse 7, I'm not to be an idolater. Verse 8, I'm not supposed to be a fornicator. Verse 9, I'm not supposed to tempt Christ. Verse 10, though, neither murmur ye. This is talking to saved people. This is talking to the church. So if there's no problem with murmuring in the church, he wouldn't have had to write this. <laughs> Evidently, the Corinthians were murmurers, too. We might as well just own it up. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were what? Destroyed of the destroyed. God, why are, you, why are you making such a big deal about this? Because when you murmur, you are testifying against the goodness of God. Now, how did all that happen back there? Who is he talking about? He's talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness. And in the book of Jude, he's already introduced to you that problem in verse number 11 when he talks about the gainsaying of Korah. And Moses was constantly bombarded with murmuring. But it wasn't really murmuring against Moses. It was murmuring against God. Look at Numbers chapter 14 and we'll see what, where that occurred. In Numbers chapter 14, the example of the church in the wilderness is good for us today. Numbers chapter 14, the Bible says in verse number 26, Numbers fourteen twenty-six, And the Lord spake unto Moses... And unto Aaron, saying, 
How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? You know, I would never want the Lord to say that about Sweet Springs Baptist Church. That's my congregation, but they're an evil congregation. Well, what did they do that was so bad? How long shall I bear? I mean, you know, when God gets sick and tired of you, you've, you know how much patience God has? When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. You know how long he waited before he flooded the world? But here God gets, he is tired of them. He said, I can't take, when God says he can't take you anymore, you have really pushed somebody's buttons. How long, he says, this is God talking. Shall I bear with this evil congregation? What did they do, God? Which murmur against me. Watch it. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. And now this is what you need to understand. When we murmur, and I know we, we don't direct it to God. We, rec- we direct it to people we're upset at or we're put out with or we feel slighted by or, or society in general or life in general. Our murmurings aren't usually directed toward God, even as the murmurings of the children of Israel in the wilderness were not directed directly at God, most of them. They were directed at the things that God was bringing in their lives and it was directed at the leadership. But really, God says the murmurings, they're against me. You don't like what you're eating. You don't like the leadership that I've given you. You don't like the road that you've got to travel. You don't like the circumstances of your life, and you're just murmuring against me. And then the Bible says this, verse 28, Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness And all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Do you know how many people died from 20 years old and and above? How many? All but two. Now, now listen, now this, I've always looked at this and said God got mad because of all the sins that they were committing. But according to this verse, God said, I look down from heaven and I listen to you. I listen to your words and I can only find two people that aren't murmuring against me. So everybody that's murmured against me, you're all going to die in the wilderness. Guys, I don't know about you. That sort of raises the stakes of how serious this thing is. You understand? Guys, we are famous for looking at the sins and shortcomings of others and missing the whole forest of the problem of our hearts and minimizing it. Murmuring was the cause, according to God's mouth in this verse, why they all died in the wilderness because there were only two people not murmuring. By the way, that included the pastor. He was a murmurer. (laughs) Because he got fed up with the congregation. How long shall I bear with these rebels? And so he didn't get to go in either. Hmm. 
Now, if God was going to bless us according to how much we've not murmured, how, we're, what's coming? <laughs> now, murmuring, like we said, is something that's half suppressed or uttered in a low voice. And he says in Deuteronomy one twenty seven that this murmuring, really, a lot of it was done in their tents. That's Deuteronomy one twenty seven. In other words, most of the murmuring of the children of Israel wasn't out in the open. It, it was at home. I, I said most of the murmuring was not out in the open. It was at home. The murmuring was at home. And God said, I'm listening to you at, at your house. Guys, we've got to understand, God's listening to every word we say. say he knows our thought afar off and he hears every word we say. He hears all the thank you, Lords, and he hears all this. I'm sick and tired of this. Why does this have to be this way? When you look in the Bible, the Bible says in Luke 5.30 that they murmured against the disciples of the Lord Jesus. In Mark chapter 14, verse 5, the Bible says that they murmured, the disciples murmured against the woman that anointed Jesus. You know why a lot of times we murmur? We murmur at people because they're doing something better than we are. They murmured against that woman that gave that gift because they weren't given that gift. They were murmuring at someone else's commitment that they were not willing to have themselves. Wasn't just Judas, it was the disciples in general. What a waste of money. They were more concerned about the money than the praise and glory of God. And they're murmuring about it. I don't like the way the money was spent. Murmuring. They didn't just murmur against the woman and murmur against the disciples. They murmured against Jesus. Now, now listen, if Jesus can't keep you from murmuring, look at, Luke, look at John chapter 6. This is what we say. We say, you know, I got a reason to murmur because this person's doing wrong and this is not right and this is not fair. Well, here's the principle. They even murmured at Jesus. And this is what I really believe. If Jesus was in your life, if Jesus was in this pulpit, if Jesus taught you, you'd probably find a reason to murmur against Him because it's the nature of heart that it is. And so the same people that murmur against the disciples and murmur against the what, they're going to murmur against Jesus too. And again, that's where all of it goes anyway. Murmuring is not against who it really sounds like. It's a problem of the heart, not rejoicing in the goodness of God. So it's lashing out of the things that I don't like. John chapter 6, and it says many more than one time about a murmuring against Jesus. <laughs> Somebody that never preached the wrong message, guys. I tell you what, the Bible says, in a multitude of words there one not sin. You can't preach as many messages as a preacher preaching and not say something wrong. But here's somebody, every word he ever said was right. I mean, it hit the bullseye. And not just what he said, but he said it in the right way. And not only that, his manner of life was perfectly backing it up. And they still found fault against him to murmur against him. 
John chapter 6, the Bible says, in verse number 41, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. You say, wow, those are unbelievers. Well, look at verse 61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. You know, not only lost people murmur at Jesus, but his own disciples murmur at him. Mm. There was murmuring in the early church, that powerful church. Look at Acts chapter 6. You know, a lot of people getting saved. By the way, Brother Shock had another one saved in one of his meetings. Isn't that great? What a, what a blessing. The early church had all these victories and all these blessings, all these people getting saved, and all this Holy Ghost power. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a what? That means in the midst of a Holy Ghost-blessed church, murmuring can arise that fast. That's how, that's how much we ought to guard our hearts. If murmuring can arise in the early church, <laughs> we're in grave danger. The Bible says there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. They're murmuring because they are neglected. This isn't fair. You are treating the Hebrew women, the Hebrew widows, better than you're treating the Grecian widows. That's a racial thing. But now, go back to our text. Do all things without murmuring. You say, well, this is not right. You know, God didn't say that we have to accept everything or agree with everything or give preference to circumstances of evil. But we do have to maintain and remain thankful and contented with the Lord and find peace. And this is what I want to say about that. It was not the will of God for them to murmur about being neglected. It'd be all right for them to approach someone. It'd be all right for them to pray about it. But it's not good to murmur about it. Because God hates murmuring. Murmuring is a sin. It's a sin. It's a sin like any other sin. You say, well, if we don't speak up and if we don't say, yep, 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 I, I hear you. Yeah, that's, that's what the Old Testament people thought too. But that verse on your wall, if you'll get it there, do all things without murmurings and disputings, even if things don't look like they're quite fair. Because I tell you what's not fair. It's not fair that you're an American. How about that? It's not fair that you live in a land where you can find a church in a Bible. That's not fair. Matter of fact, I would say this. No American has a right to murmur about anything, anytime, anywhere. We are spoiled to the core. Amen. Now, our next word, 
moving hastily on. Got two points. One, first point is murmuring. Second point is complaining. Y'all smiling. I'm trying to do good with this. Complaining. And I've already been under conviction before I got up in the pulpit. I've already confessed all mine. I'm just waiting on y'all to confess all y'all's. Complaining. Complaining in the old 1828 means this, to utter expression of grief, censure, resentment, uneasiness, pain, or to charge or accuse of an offense. That's complaining. You don't feel good, you're in pain, so you tell everybody about it. Somebody's done wrong and, and you've been, you've been resented or, or you're resentful or you're uneasy about something and so you, you complain about it. You speak up for yourself. The only problem with that is complaining is a sin. Do you know the majority of the time the word complaining is in the Bible? The word complains in the Bible. It's in the book of Job. That's seven times out of the 18 times the words used in the Bible. Seven times of it in one book of the Bible. You know why? There's a lot of bad going on in the book of Job. But you know what? You know what the truth is? It's okay to bear pain and problems. Just don't complain about it. We all have problems. I tell you what. If you don't get this, you're not going to be a happy Christian. You will be a complaining Christian that will never have the joy of the Lord. You say, preacher, I got this problem. Okay, bear it. Don't complain about it. Every man shall bear his own burden. Everybody has troubles and problems. We're not saying that's a wonderful thing to experience, but it's another thing to constantly complain about your problem. That's not what the Holy Ghost wants us to do. That is not the Christian life and the grace of God working in our life. When we're always saying how hard we've got it, and how it isn't fair, and it's not what I wanted... Again, it's, it, is a, it is a blasphemy against the very goodness of God. And I'll tell you this. The, listen to this. Listen to this real care, carefully. There's, complaining only helps one thing. When you complain, it doesn't change your circumstances. It doesn't change anything that's going on in your life. Complaining does help one thing. You know what it helps? Your backslidden condition. Complaining just helps us be more backslidden than we already are. That's the only thing that helps. You say, wow, I just, I feel better getting it off my chest. No, you don't, or you wouldn't keep doing it again. You don't, it doesn't make you feel better. It just makes you more not right with God than you already are. Complaining is a sin. Guys, it's not just a sin in the kids when they're not, they, they complain about taking out the trash. Or do their chores. It's not just a sin for them. It's a sin for all of our lives. Numbers chapter 11. i got three more verses. But several more things to say. 
I really, I'm praying that God would get us out of the addiction of complaining. It's an addiction. And again, God listens to all of it. And if I was God up in heaven and I listened to us half the time, I'd say, do they not know what all I do for them every day? Let me ask you, how do you feel? How do you feel, ladies, when you've done or tried to do a real good job sweeping the house and taking care of the home and cooking the meals and your husband comes home, he starts griping about some little thing? Guys, it's getting quiet in here. I mean, it's way too quiet. How does that make you feel? Especially when you work real hard at something. You ever work real, real hard on a meal and put it on the table? And he sat down at the table. How do you like it? Ah, it's okay. How would that make you feel? Like putting your arms around him, giving him a big smooch? No, I bet you, I know how it makes you feel. I tell you what, Joe, you can make your own meal next, right? That's how it makes you feel. Now, let me ask you a question. God sets the table for us every day. He keeps our lives intact. He holds our brains together. He blesses us as Americans and as saved people. We are the most spoiled people in the world. And how do you think he feels when he has set the table? He daily loads us with benefits. How do you think he feels when he gets what he hears? I'm in Numbers chapter 11, verse number 1. Numbers 11, verse 1, the Bible says this, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and His anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them. Guys, God is killing people for complaining. Do you know what the sin of unto death was in Numbers 11? It was complaining. I tell you what. I believe these sodomites, that's a sin unto death. Well, right there it was complaining. If you kill somebody, God says you're to be killed. That's right. And God says if you complain one more time, you're dead. His fire came down and burnt people up. What did they do that was so bad? Just complained. I've already repented and I need to go pray again. Look at Lamentations chapter 3 and get Psalm 144. Psalm 144 on the way to Lamentations chapter 3. Complaining. Say, preacher, I don't complain about anything. I don't believe you. You need to repent for lying. I just be honest. You know what I complain about usually? I, I just, I, you know, confess your faults one to another, maybe healed. <laughs> I tell you what I complain about. I complain about them stinking, stupid people going thirty-five in a fifty-five. <laughs> I got a problem with that. I, 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 I do not walk with God like that. I mean, there's nobody in the car, and I'm just. I'm talking, there ain't nobody there. What is your problem? 
And there's nobody there but me and God. What do you complain about? I don't know what you complain about, but there's probably something. The Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, Verse 39, Lamentations 3, 39. Would you look at the Bible? What a convicting verse. Wherefore doth a living man complain, a man for the punishment of his sins? <laughs> Have you ever thought that maybe some of the bad things that happen to us is just a result of our own sins and we're complaining about things that we've already ordered? That we're just reaping what we sow. You say, well, I didn't do anything today. You know, sometimes you reap things years after you sow them. You know, I really think that some of the bad things that might come in our life is because we planted a harvest a long time ago and then it comes up and then we start complaining about the harvest when we're the one that planted the field. Wherefore should a living man complain? I tell you what, dead people don't complain. It's living people that complain. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, Brother Shock. I heard it back there. If you reckon yourself to be dead, you don't have anything to complain about. Wherefore doth a living man complain? A man for the punishment of his sins. You know what he's just saying? He's saying, you know, if you're a sinner, you probably don't have anything to complain about. Psalm 144 is a great text about a prayer. For what the people of God really want in life and in eternity. And it reads, I'll just start reading about verse 11. It's Psalm 144. It says, Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children whose mouth speaketh vanity and their right hand is the right hand of falsehood. That our sons, this is what we want for our families, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth that our daughters may be as cornerstones, polished after the similitude of a palace, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Look at the next verse. Happy is that people... That is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Could it be, just could it be that our complaints are the source of our unhappiness instead of our, instead of the other way around? We think our unhappiness is the root of our complaining. Maybe our complaining is the root of our unhappiness. Boy, Americans are a bunch of complainers. And it starts at an early age. You you better watch your kids. I don't want to eat that. That's gross. Guys, starts early. That same kid that complains about his food is going to complain about his church when he gets older. I don't like that. That's not fair. Get over it. Life's not fair. Don't complain about it. Be glad you weren't born in North Korea. 
I mean, guys, can we not get perspective on things? Americans complain about high gas prices when most of the world don't have a car. I'll tell you what, this $3 a gallon. And this guy, this guy in Africa is saying, man, I wish I didn't have to walk 10 miles a day. I tell you what, I remember as a young boy, them preachers getting up and preaching, I walk five miles in the snow to go to school. (laughs) People now complain about riding in an air-conditioned car to go to school. And that's another thing. Can we quit complaining about the temperature? I mean, the whole world lived without air-conditioned, amen, for how many thousands of years? And if it's two degrees, oh, it's so hot. Just sweat. It's good for you. Isn't that right? Oh, and then it's so cold. I'm freezing. It's 70 degrees. No, it ain't cold here. It's cold in Siberia. <laughs> Guys, we, we are full of it. And God can't meet with us in a wonderful way because we just complain about everything. He didn't talk to me and she didn't help me. Why do I have to go to this Sunday school class? Why do I have to do this in Bible school? It's too hard. My job and the people I work with. Then there are people that don't even have a job. And I just don't get paid. We probably all get paid more than what we're worth. That book says, be content with your wages. We complain about that. I just don't. I don't know why we have to do this in Bible school. This stupid car. Why can't I have a better car? We're eat up, man. I'm building that house. I complain so much that I need to get saved again. That's a joke. Okay, that's a joke. Why can't they do this on time? Why'd they have to mess that up? Well, you know what? They did a whole lot better job than I could do. Complain about my husband. Complain about my wife. Complain about my kids. Complain about my parents. Complain about the government. Got complaints on my church. Complaints on the pastor. I'll give you those. Complain about the clothes I have to wear. How I got to dress. Complain about the lost people that are out there. Just 
On and on and on and on. You know what? You know, you know what? You know what's not present when all of that is present? Nobody's nobody is full of God and full of glory and full of thanks and full of gratitude. It's just all apostasy. That's what it is. It's leaving God. So I can complain and speak my mind. You know, you know what I notice about complaining people, whether it's a spouse or a church. You know, when they change, they don't stay there long and they complain about that too. Or they get a new relationship and they complain about that one too. You know, after a while, couldn't you stop it, don't you? Maybe there's something wrong with this picture. Maybe there's something wrong in my own heart. That doesn't mean bad things don't happen. That doesn't mean bad circumstances aren't alive. But we don't have to complain about them. We can take them to the Lord in prayer. We can tell him about it. We can ask for help. But complaining is a sin. And no American, I say again, has the right to complain about anything, anytime, anywhere. Especially us. And I think we we do the lion's share of it. I'll conclude with a wonderful spiritual illustration. There's an old movie, black and white. Brother Mike can quote the movie verbatim for two hours. It's called It's a Wonderful Life. And you may not believe it, you may not know it, but you do have a wonderful life. You just don't think that because you haven't lived somebody else's life and you've not left America. Go to Sierra Leone and you will say, I have a wonderful life. But old George Bailey, he got down on his life problems one day. Had a beautiful wife, had beautiful children. People in the town that loved him. Had a had a, had a good job. But things sort of turned sour with that. And when he got home, he was so full of murmuring and complaining that he turned to his, his little girl that was practicing so beautifully on the piano and he says, do you have to play that over and over again? Instead of being a blessing to him, it was a complaint for him. And the little boy coming up asking questions. I don't know. How, why do you keep asking me questions all the time? Complained a lot about his little boy asking questions instead of being glad he had a little boy. And then he found his little daughter sick and he started complaining about how the teacher probably didn't do a very good job making sure she was covered up when she went home. And he began complaining about the teacher and the people that were in the lives of his children. He complained about the drafty house that he lived in. and He looked at his wife and said, why do we have all these kids anyway? And his life sort of hit, hit a roadblock. 
And then he found out at the end of the movie that he really did have a wonderful life. Now, that's just a simple little story that was made, a fictional movie, doesn't mean anything. But I tell you what, I, I see a lot of similarities in some Christians' lives that have, they have a real wonderful life. But because of some of the circumstances in their life, it's just this is rotten and this is bad and I don't like this and why is this like this? And complaining about everything. instead of stopping to recognize the goodness of God.